1: What's going on, everyone? My name is Elliot Shore Parks. Today is Thursday, May 24th, and this is the Best Football Show Podcast, the place for the top news and opinion from myself and from the best of the best of Odyssey's football podcasts and radio stations. If you like what you hear today, please hit that subscribe button as it not only helps the show grow and it gets you those auto downloads, but make sure you leave a five star review as well, because that also helps the show grow. All right, time to talk about another division in the NFL as we kind of move into the slower part of the offseason, and you can really look at what the teams have done. Last time, we took a look at the NFC North and the four different teams in that division, what the biggest question marks were. Today, let's talk about the NFC South, and the NFC South is maybe the most forgettable division in the NFL right now. None of the teams are true contenders. One of them will have to make the playoffs, but I would be surprised if any of them won double-digit games. I think the winner of this division could have eight or nine wins or eight wins like they did last year, and really, all four teams are kind of in a transition period. One of them is in a little more of a win-now mode, but outside of that, I don't think any of them go into the season with aspirations of winning a playoff game. None of them go into the season with an expectation that they should make a run. In every other division, you can look and go, okay, that person, or sorry, that team realistically probably thinks they have a chance to win a Super Bowl, or that team realistically thinks they should be winning a playoff game, if not multiple playoff games. That is not the case in the NFC South. But the reality is someone has to make the playoffs out of that division, which means we will see one of these teams in the postseason. So let's take a look at all four of them, what the biggest question is for for each team heading into this season. And let's start with the real only true, not contender, but the one that would at least maybe expect to make the playoffs and win a playoff game, and that would be the New Orleans Saints. Uh, And the biggest question for them is, who is the real Derek Carr? Is Derek Carr the quarterback that we've seen play at a high level? Or is Derek Carr the quarterback that was awful last year for the Raiders? And the answer to that question will not only decide the Saints season, but it will decide the division. When Derek Carr has played well, which he has in multiple seasons, in 2020, 27 touchdowns, 9 interceptions. 2016, 28 touchdowns, 6 interceptions. Was very good in 2015 as well. When he has played at a high level, his teams have been good. It's not that complicated in the NFL. You have a good quarterback, you're going to be a good team. The Saints believe they have brought in a good quarterback. And when you look at the rest of their roster, he has a lot to work with. They have a top 10 defense uh, in New Orleans that will presumably keep him in games. On offense, Chris Olave, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. Michael Thomas potentially is a little bit cooked, but Chris Olave is definitely not, and Alvin Kamara can still be a playmaker. So he is not walking into a situation like if he went to Tampa where there's just Not really much to work with on either side of the ball. The Saints almost made the playoffs last year. Probably were the best team in that division, in my opinion. And with Derek Carr, if he can step in and be the 2020 version, be the 2016 version, if he can be a top three quarterback in the NFC, which is not that crazy to say when you look at how bad the quarterbacks are, it's Jalen Hurts, it's Dak Prescott, Kirk Cousins, you know Jared Goff, maybe Justin Fields if he really steps up. There just aren't a lot of high-quality quarterbacks in the NFC. So Derek Carr has a chance to be in that top three. If he can do that, then they should win this division pretty easily. Again, I don't view them as contenders. But if you win the division, you get the playoff game at home. And if you're the Saints, we know New Orleans is one of the toughest places to play in the NFL in the playoffs. So the biggest question for them is, is Derek Carr their answer at quarterback? If he's not... Do they blow it up next year? You know, if he only wins six games or seven games in what should be a strong quarterback draft, will the Saints look for a quarterback? So that, for me, is the biggest question with the Saints. Can Derek Carr step up and be the guy that can take this team to the division and make the rest of the roster really come together? They didn't have that guy last year. Derek Carr has a potential to be that guy. All right, the Carolina Panthers, let's keep it on a quarterback perspective, but let's stretch it out to the head coach as well. The Carolina Panthers last year ended the season on a high note. There was a a point where it looked like maybe they were going to make the playoffs or they were playing at a high level. They beat the Lions, who who ended the season at an extremely high note. So they were playing good football. The issue, they didn't really have a quarterback, and they didn't bring back their head coach. So now the rebuild begins in Carolina. Frank Reich is the head coach. Bryce Young is the franchise quarterback. And so obviously the biggest question for the Panthers is, Is Bryce Young the guy? My advice to them would be play him week one, snap one. Do not have him sit. I think every game he sits is a complete waste of time. Frank Reich needs to get Bryce Young out there. They need to get reps together in games. They need to get used to going through these games together. Bryce Young needs game action. Frank Reich needs uh, game action of calling games for Bryce and being on the same page in terms of what he likes on third down, what he likes on fourth down. How are they going to run the offense with him? So game reps are going to be incredibly important for Bryce Young. And so with Frank Reich, it's going to be, can he turn Bryce Young into the guy? Uh, Obviously size was a question. Bryce heading into the draft. You see some pictures of him out at practice in New in Carolina. Some of them clearly doctored, but the legitimate ones, he does look undersized. Like I think sometimes in the draft, we get so wrapped up in if a guy is 6'1 or 6'3 or if his arms, arm span is, you know, two inches shorter than another guy's. But when you step on the field, you can't really see a big difference. Bryce Young looks small out on the field. They're like If you didn't know anything about the draft or anything like that, and you just watched this team practice, I think your takeaway would be, wow, their quarterback is undersized. So how Bryce Young will respond to being undersized? How will the Carolina Panthers run their offense with Frank Reich and Bryce Young together? And will this duo show any sign of hope? I mean, Bryce Young is going to be that quarterback for at least two years, but probably more like three years. I mean, he's going to get a long leash in terms of figuring this thing out. And Frank Reich presumably will get a pretty long leash as well. I don't think they'll fire him after one year. So this duo of Frank Reich and Bryce Young are going to be the duo for the next two years. And it's it'll be interesting to see if they can show promise this year. Like I said, I think Derek Carr is the best quarterback in the division. I think the Saints have the best team in the division. But I also think that this is a division that is absolutely wide open, as I said at the open. So if Frank, if uh, Bryce Young comes out and plays like a number one pick, of course they could win this division. If Frank Reich is that uh, head coach that you saw at times with the Colts, and the good offensive play caller and coordinator that he was with the Eagles, yeah, then they could win the division. But it's not about that for them. For them, it's about showing signs of hope, giving the fans reason to believe, and focus on 2024 as a year where you can be a, a more of a legit contender All right, the next team, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. This one is not quarterback related. This one is not defense related. This one is not even offensive, offense related, not even really the front office. There's one question with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers how long until Todd Bowles is fired? And let me preface this by saying, I'm a Temple graduate. Todd Bowles is a Temple guy. I like Todd Bowles. The limited interactions I've had with him, he's a very nice guy, very kind man. He is not a good head coach. He is 34 and 50 during his time as a head coach with the Jets and now the Buccaneers. He's been in one playoff game, which is last year. And he made that playoff game with an eight and nine record and obviously not win that playoff game. The reality is Todd Bowles makes no sense to have as a head coach of the Buccaneers right now. He's not an upside head coach. He is not learning on the job. He is also not somebody that is definitely going to be around for like 10 years. They are not a win now team. Tampa Bay is starting Baker Mayfield at quarterback. They're not going to be a team that wins a lot of games. They might win four games this year, maybe five if they're lucky. They have their eye on 2024. They have their eye on the next quarterback that they are going to get. Having Todd Bowles be the head coach makes no sense for the Buccaneers. They should have brought in a young coordinator from another team, perhaps promoted from within. Give somebody a chance that you think has an upside to learn on the job, to have a year of no pressure, and maybe he's the guy, and in a year you feel like, all right, maybe we found a diamond in the rough. Or maybe he's not, and then at least you you have given it a shot. So for me, Todd Bowles will probably survive the year just because they are going to be so bad, and I can't imagine they have any realistic expectation of competing. But as long as Todd Bowles is the head coach of the Buccaneers— They're kind of just in a waiting pattern of waiting for him to be fired. I'd be very surprised if he's successful there. His track record doesn't speak to it. I think he's a great coordinator. I just don't think he's a great head coach. For as nice as he is, he does not have that head coach personality. So the Buccaneers, of all the four teams in here, are probably wasting the most time. They don't have any quarterback you can be excited about. They don't have a head coach that you think is the future. Of course, they have Mike Evans. Like They have some some good players. But ultimately, they're not going to be a, com- a competing team, and they're wasting time with Todd Bowles. So, for the, for me, the Buccaneers' only reason I'll be monitoring them is to see if Todd Bowles is still the head coach. Once he's not, then maybe things could get a little interesting. Then maybe there's reason for Buccaneers fans to believe again. But until then, they're just wasting time with him on the sideline. All right, the final team in the division, uh, one of the more interesting teams. Uh, you- not not like in the whole NFL, but in the conference in terms of how they've used their draft capital. Because during the draft process, there's a lot of build from the interior, prioritize the quarterback position, and there is a lot of truth to that. Like the best teams do build from the, from the offensive line, the defensive line, and focus on the quarterback. That is what the best teams focus on when they're picking high. The Atlanta Falcons have taken the exact opposite approach. So my question for them is, Will Bijan Robinson be worth it? Because Bijan Robinson was a fantastic player uh, in this draft and will be a fantastic player. But I should have say was a fantastic prospect. He was one of the best running back prospects in years. He is elusive with the ball in the pass game. He is elusive in making guys miss. Bijan Robinson is everything you want in a running back prospect. But so did Saquon Barkley. And I know number two overall where the Giants took him is different. Where the number eight where the Falcons took Bijan. But if you look at how the Falcons have prioritized their draft capital, the Falcons drafted Drake London, they've drafted Kyle Pitts, they've now drafted Bijan Robinson, and during those picks and you know, in those drafts, they have passed on quarterbacks like Kenny Pickett, passed on Will Levis this year, they passed on Justin Fields, they passed on Mac Jones, and I'm not saying they've done that for Desmond Ritter, but they have had a chance to draft a guy that could potentially be their franchise guy, and instead... They have prioritized in the skill positions. They haven't added great edge rushers. They haven't added great offensive linemen. They were good running the ball last year. You can make an argument. Maybe it's not a need for them. When you're picking number eight overall, to pick a running back when you're not a contending team and you don't have a quarterback is a wild move. So can Desmond Ritter be the guy? You look at what he was last year, two and two, two touchdowns, or two and two with a record, two touchdowns, no interceptions, 60% completion percentage, 63% completion percentage, I should say, 16 rushes for 64 yards, four first downs. Good, not great. You know, I, I I liked Desmond Ritter a lot coming out when when he was a prospect. I think he does actually check a lot of boxes for an NFL quarterback. So we'll see. Maybe he's the guy. If they've lucked into him as a late round pick, they've certainly surrounded him with talent. Kyle Pitch, Drake London, Bijan. Like there are not many teams in the NFL, and their Falcons are probably in the top ten. Just in terms of skill position players as your tight end one, your wide receiver one, and your running back run one. But they don't want they don't have a quarterback and they have not prioritized in the line. So if Bijan John Robinson can go to Atlanta and turn things around and maybe win them two or three games more than they would have otherwise, then I think you will see the running back position start to be drafted a little bit higher. It'll be it'll become a little more acceptable to draft one high. Saquon and the Giants did the running back position no favors. They were one of the main examples of why you don't draft a running back high. But if the Falcons, after prioritizing the skill position players for years, can take Bijan and have it be one of the reasons their team turns around, I think you will view the running back position differently heading into the draft. So for the Falcons, it's how is the best way to use draft capital? Will it be the skill position players they did or ultimately is passing on multiple quarterbacks going to be the reason their season doesn't play out the way many Falcons fans hope? This has been the latest edition of the Best Football Show podcast. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Please hit that subscribe button and please leave a five-star review if you like what you hear, and I'll talk to you guys next time.